would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human beings. Jedi, like my father before me. Yeah! All right, hello, welcome everyone to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am your host, Michael Flores. Hello, David. How are you? How's it going, Mike? All right, so we're here to discuss Bobo Fett. That's right. We're here to talk about Boba Fett or the book of Boba Fett, because, David, this is the book of Boba Fett edition of the Back to Tank. Shock and awe. Yeah, something that we never thought. I never thought in my wildest dreams. Would we ever get a series, a movie about Boba Fett? Well, dude, remember me, me and you have been going into especially this series when the news came out. Me and you approached this really hesitantly. Yeah, we were like going. You know what? Let's let's just see what happens and hope for the best. You know, we didn't want to say anything about it at first, but you know, what? I will be the first one to say it. I kind of enjoy this more than Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it isn't perfect. There are issues with like there are with many TV shows, but I would say that I definitely enjoyed the first episode of Boba Fett more than the, the first episode of The Mandalorian. And that's saying a lot because there are a lot of expectations when it comes to a character like this, even though, you know, when you really look at Boba Fett as a character, we don't really know a lot about him yeah. anymore. I mean, he has he was a kid in Clone Wars. He was a kid in the Clone Wars cartoon, or I should say Attack of the Clones. Then he was a kid in the Clone Wars cartoons. Tunes. And then we had him in Empire Strikes Back. That's it. That's it. And then he dies in Return of the Jedi. We really know nothing about his life post the death of his father. So that being said, there are a lot of expectations solely based on the expanded universe. Yes. And I really appreciate that because like, think about like, think about like the difference between this and Mandalorian. Mandalorian was, was centered around mystery constantly. Oh, who is this mysterious badass that just goes around and captures all these people. And then yeah. he runs into another mystery and it's another secret here with Boba Fett. They really doubled down on everything that we as star Wars fans know. I like the fact that, you know, they, they do callbacks to, um, oh my God, I completely zoned out on the, uh, the planet that all the clones were made. It's Camino? Camino. They, they made allusions to Camino. They did allusions to Boba Fett as a child holding the, holding the helmet. Yeah. And they centered on those moments those are the key moments to this character to this character's background yeah and and that works for me you know getting this story you know started and um you know it it is hard as a fan and I'm, and it, and based on the many articles that you see a lot of people complaining about it and a lot of people are disliking it and when i say a lot of people it's the star wars fans and that's because 
many of us have been waiting for something like this, even though it's something we never really expected to get. We have been waiting for more Boba Fett for years. I mean, the moment the expanded universe started really, you know, getting going in the 90s, they what did they first do? They brought one of the first things they did was bring Boba Fett back to life. They created a story about how he escaped the Sarlacc pit. So amongst the Star Wars fans, the hardcore fans that have read all of the books and the comic books from the the now officially retconned expanded universe, and I use that word loosely because you can't really retcon something that was tactically never canon to begin with. Yeah. I mean, Lucas never viewed it as canon, and that's the reason why the moment he decided to use Boba Fett in his movies, what did he do? He broke continuity and ignored the things that were written in books and comics prior to the attack of the clones. And he essentially rewrote bubble Fett's backstory with the inclusion of Django Fett and his connection to the clones. So this isn't something that fans should be so sold on. This is a story of a character who is relatively new. When you really think about it, in one episode, we had more bubble Fett in the last 40 years. Oh yeah. And it, there was a, I remember asking you this in a while back is like, I think what a lot of fans are having an issue with is going into the series with pre made notions of this is who Boba Fett is. Yeah. And we can't do that. And that was because, a struggle for you and I too. If we had covered this the moment it came out, we might be a little more negative. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was very hard. It took us a couple of weeks to finally realize like, what are we mad about? Like we're mad because it's not the Boba Fett. We thought we were going to get, well, what are we basing that on? Absolutely nothing. When you really think about when it, you think about it. I mean, like the only thing that people were going on was the expanded universe, which is books. And yes, I love the books. So I still I. have them to this day. The dark empire series as well. Comic books. Comic I mean, books. amazing story that included Boba Fett. But now with this new landscape, we have to understand those don't count anymore. They could call back to them. They could call back to them in some way. We don't know. Yeah. But like right now, all we have to have on Boba Fett is Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Clone Wars and Mandalorian. That's it. And Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, you're right. There's nothing to really truly gauge our expectations on because we don't really know the character. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have walked into this series with a bit of an open mind, realizing that this isn't going to be the Boba Fett that, that we thought existed. Mm -hmm. Tactically, that character never existed. This is the one true version of Boba Fett. So let's officially get into this chapter one titled stranger in a strange land, the synapsis (laughs) bounty hunter, Boba Fett and mercenary Finnick Shand navigate the underworld. When they return to Tatooine to claim Jabba the Hutt's old turf. So, if you are going to change Boba Fett from what fans had expected based on the non canon expanded universe, the best way to do that is through a backstory. Changing his character is okay so long as they keep going in the direction they are going essentially having the sarlacc pit 
experience be that moment that changes him. Yeah. That is key right there. Cause as of now, we don't know how long he was in the pit. We don't know how long he lived with the Tuscan Raiders. So as long as they continue to use that aspect, because it does feel like they are using the Sarlacc pit as a way to explain why he has changed from wanting to be a bounty hunter to being uh, this, I want to say this very, I don't want to say responsible, but um, a character that has a strong sense of justice. Yeah. His own, his own, code and his own ethics his own code of honor yeah there you go basically yeah and don't you think the flashback sequences you know that you had mentioned that does a lot as well to add layers to this character Oh, absolutely because seeing those moments where he's inside the back to tank and having us flashback to moments in his life of trauma yes that right there in just a few short seconds tells us so much about a character yeah in more ways than you could if you had him talking about it oh yeah and that was the beautiful thing about those flashbacks i know that some people feel that there was no dialogue that we couldn't figure it out but if you pay attention to those scenes yeah you see the trauma that he you went through yeah. as, a, as a kid i mean the the scene in camino when he watches Django fly off you can tell that He's bothered as a kid because his has, dad's just left him behind. He has attachments. He has attachment issues. And then when you get to that scene, dude, it makes me think Mace Windu's an asshole. <laughs> Absolute asshole. Oh, come on. Because like. Simmer down. That scene when he's holding the helmet. Mm-hmm. It really puts it into. I know a lot of a lot of fans think that that was a cheesy moment in Attack of the Clones, but no here, way. That that's was a traumatic a, thing. Yes, he picks up the essentially the head of his dad, which is in that helmet that just got cut off by a Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. A Jedi Knight that basically is supposed to be the protector of the galaxy, but you know what? He did this brutal thing to his dad. You can't expect a kid to understand politics at that age as exactly. well. So. I would love for that to come back. And honestly, I do feel like that is going to be a part of his characterization for the season. The fact that they are showing that there's, they're not randomly re they are recreating a few scenes. Yes. Uh, but for the inclusion of that scene to be put into the show should tell people that they want to explain that he has issues psychologically. He has issues that are traumatic experiences that have altered him or things that affect him. And think about it like this too, that it really not only did it make me rethink about the scenes from this history, but it makes me also think about the game plan for star Wars right now, including mm. Mandalorian, right? Yeah. One of the biggest things that everyone basically mentioned about the end of Mandalorian, where was Boba Fett when Luke showed up and I'm like going, with this scene, you really think he wants to be around a Jedi Knight? Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, I mean, I mean, you're acting as if the character made his own decision. The writers the are writers. the ones that yeah. made him, you know, leave because that's just probably something they didn't want to deal with. But if you think about it, taking it into the context, it makes that's what is so cool about this, that moment in this episode, it makes you really rethink 
other parts where, okay, where was Boba Fett last seen? He's obviously not a fan of the Jedi. He's not a fan. He's not going to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jedi killed his father. So, yeah, I'm hoping they go in that direction still. I'm, I'm hoping they don't let that stuff go. Those those small little moments that, um, that, by the way, such great filmic conventions being utilized to take us back to those flashback scenes. I love the transitions, like the zooms oh, yeah. and pans that dissolve into film grain. And then we go into the past. <laughs> Only me and you, like film Man, geeks. Man, I'm like, that is some good transitions. Yes. It's not just those dumb, like, swooshes type flashbacks. They're yes. getting creative. And the fact that they're making this filter of a film grain, almost like a veil into the past. I think it's pretty fucking smart. It's clever. So even some of the film techniques they're, they're using in this, in this episode or in the series so far is pretty strong. I mean, the color palette match that always blows me away when someone can look at a color palette from the seventies and match it almost identically Yes, in a 2022 series because I, watching this show, I could flip on, you know, a new hope and return the Jedi right now and see no difference. Yeah. And you know, what was really cool. And I was watching the first premiere episode with my wife and she literally turned to me at one point after we saw the flashbacks and she said, were those in the original movies? Because those look like they ripped them out of the movie. And I was like going, Actually, yeah, you're right. The color green, the, mm-hmm. the way it all looks, looks like it got ripped from Attack of the Clones. And I was like, going, when I did the research, I was like, no, this was all reshot. That's all basically them matching the look. And I'm like going, as a film geek, just like what you said, it makes me giddy because it really shows that the like like in Mandalorian me and you always gushed about the cinematography the color palette yeah. the music special effects and in in Book of Boba Fett it looks like they're going to continue that trend yeah but also in some avenues Dave cuz I do agree but in some avenues they do it even better for example the the western swagger this is a this is more of a western than Mandalorian yeah. tried to be uh it's about it's about style if you're doing a Western, you got to understand it. And I think that's where Robert Rodriguez's skill set really comes through. Oh, yeah. Because we know Rodriguez's experience when it comes to the Western. I mean, he did the burrito trilogy, they call it, which is basically inspired by the spaghetti Westerns. Spaghetti Westerns. But you have these filmic conventions that are being utilized that Favreau couldn't quite get right in The Mandalorian. You know, you you have these allusions to like the dance dances with wolves because of ex- his experiences with the Tuscan Raiders. We can call it dances with Banthas. I think that's a nice, Banthas. nice yeah. ring to it. Uh, but everything they're doing to give you those, the, the, the classic semantics of a Western rather than saying, Hey guys, look, he's riding on a, on a, on an alien that looks like a horse because he's a cowboy. Like they did yes. in the very first episode of Mandalorian. It was so fucking heavy handed. It's heavy handed. It was so bad. This is far more subtle. They're using framing. They're using an Excellent score, which, by the way, is from the exact same composer. But for some reason, this score hits even, even better. Harder. Yeah. Yes. Much better than Mandalorian score, even though I enjoyed that score. This just works so well with the visuals when you oh, have yeah. uh, those wide scraping shots of the Dune Sea. And um, 
the soundtrack really elevates those moments. Um, you also have that scene in the desert, uh, the stylized samurai fighting. Yes. Between Boba and the Tusken the Raiders, Tusken Raiders, which by the way, I love that they're finally exploring Tusken Raiders and yeah. positioning them in a place besides just savage creatures. Cause obviously they're ruthless, right? We know yes, this, we know but that. what's their domestic life? Like they obviously are a community. They obviously have kids, so they can't be all bad. They got to have some downtime where they're just trying to survive and live like regular people. So I like that. We're getting an inside look, David, this is our first look into the uh, with the social structure, I guess, of the Tuscan Raider or Tuscan Raider clan at into least. their culture, into yeah. their culture by far, and that that's actually that just adds to the elements of the Western Western ideal, yes. right? That that the Mandalorian was getting. I mean, one thing I wanted to actually bring up to you on top of that that scene where he gets out of the Sarlacc pit, and then the Jawas show up, right? And they strip him of his armor. I'm going to tell you right now, this is go. This is my film geek cred. I got the vibes of Quick and the Dead. Oh yeah, when they strip the cowboy after they get killed yes. in the duel. Yeah, and I'm like going. I was. I, I, I kept my my wife was laughing because I'm like yelling at the scream. God damn bloody freaking dirty jowls. <laughs> I'll get his boots. Exactly. Yeah, it was just like that. And it's just like that. And yeah. I'm like going, that's how you do Western, Western quote unquote stereotypes or ideas because that's what we expect. <laughs> yeah, it definitely worked on, on several levels. That's why I'm a bit confused by, by some of the negativity I'm seeing about Boba Fett uh, but you know what this is, Dave? This is this is what happens when you pull out a giant dick in barely a second season. We have said this. The even though we all love the Luke Skywalker moment from The Mandalorian, you literally pulled <laughs> your biggest weapon. You pulled it out in barely the second season of your first series. Yes, you slapped it on the table. You gave us Luke Skywalker. So soon did it work for the episode? Sure. But now fans are always going to think what's next and how do you get bigger than Luke? You don't. I mean, Darth Vader, but Darth Vader's not going to show up. No, we're, we're expecting that in Obi-Wan. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, Dave. These are the reasons why you don't do things like that. Cause you hurt your other shows by bringing out the big guns so soon. And Instead of watching a show that is more character driven than the Mandalorian, because you're sitting there in these slowly devised moments where we're watching Boba Fett and you learn so much by his interaction with the people around him. He doesn't yeah. even need to say a lot. No. And that's something that the Mandalorian really didn't do. And maybe it's because he wore the helmet so much and we just lost that connection. Um, I'm not saying they didn't do a good job at moments, giving us the impression of emotion by way of, you know, body language. I'm not saying that at all, but there is a disconnect when you can't see the physical facial features of human mannerisms. 
And that's something that this show has over the Mandalorian in a big way. Well, this, this might be a bit, a bit of a topic for like spaghetti Western corner, the, another show that me and you do. Yeah. But like the one thing that I felt that Mandalorian was trying to do was they were trying to ha- capture the, the, the theme or the, the moment, like the man with no name. Yeah. He the, has his hat. Right. Yep. But they forgot the one element of the man with no name. He takes off the hat every now and then, and you get to see Clint Eastwood act. You get to see right. him emote, mm-hmm. and you get to see the scars on his face and basically the pain in his face. Problem with Mandalorian is they doubled down too much on man of with no name has to be mysterious. You cannot see him. You can't see he doesn't he doesn't elude anything because that's who they think is a Western character. And the more I've actually thought about it. Just as like thinking about like spaghetti westerns and western tropes, people misconstrue the fact that the hat and not being able to see the man with no name's face makes it mysterious. Yeah. But they forget that the hat does come off every now and then. And much like in in this episode with Boba Fett, Tamora Morrison, dude, is freaking phenomenal and just working with the bare minimum. But because he's such a good actor visually, he with is. his visuals, yeah. he can give a side glance and you can basically tell, okay, this is his emotions right now. He's in pain or he's annoyed. <laughs> he, has, he has a very slow, calculative delivery. He has more of a Western look than anybody, yeah. than, than even uh, uh, who was the actor who played DeJaron? Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. He has more of a, uh, Tamora Morrison has a more of a Western look and feel yeah. of that type of actor. Yeah. So there were some negatives. Some of the writing, there were logic issues. Fett can beat the lizard, the desert lizard, but not a Tuscan. I mean, that feels a little contrived. It, it, he he little can't contrived. escape a, a Tuscan Raider. He struggles. He can't even hold his own, but... He can strangle with his bare hands in a chain. <laughs> a crate dragon? Yeah. Well, that wasn't a crate dragon. Oh, no, 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 no. It, yeah, if that right. was, that'd be insane. That'd be if he insanity. Fucking <laughs> Mandalorian, they couldn't even take him on with like a thousand people. <laughs> and then where's the Gamorrean guards? Meaning, so you have numerous scenes where the Gamorrean guards are walking with Fett and Fennec Shan. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they're not so they can have an action sequence where Fennec and Fett are trapped behind laser shields only so you can bring in the Gamorrean guards at the last minute so that they can help Fett and Shan break free. You know, you want to know something though? I thought about that, but I also thought about this logic, Mike, and see if you follow me. Okay. Here we okay. Go. The Gamorrean guards they're not the best. Okay. They're not the best. Okay. okay. And they're supposed to be very dim-witted. Okay. I could I can accept the fact that basically they probably got distracted because Well, then we should have saw that. Yeah. Because I would buy I would, that. I would actually buy that, but that's why I say there's logic and some disconnect issues because then show us. Show us the Gamorrean guards getting distracted 
Because but if the I'm fact that correct, we see them walking, I'm talking side by side, side with them. or a few steps behind them, very, very close the entire time. And then when the directing and writing chooses not to include them for story reasons, it, that's a bit that's a bit weak. Yeah, it did bother me. That's why I said is like I tried to piece together the logic, especially when Chad told Fett that these aren't the best Gamorian guards because they were supposed to be, you know, if I'm not correct, they were going to be sold as slaves because they were failures of Jabba's. And I was like, okay, these guys are, are not the best Gamorian guards. Yeah. But, you know, a body is a body, I guess. <laughs> use, yeah. use them use them, and if they die randomly or get eaten by Rancor, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, David, I'm going to give this episode an 80%. It's a strong start. I did enjoy it. I do not understand the complaints. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes, they're giving Boba Fett, the fans are giving it a 61%. Critics are giving it an 84%, which should tell you something. I think these fans that are giving it a 61% are probably um, disturbed by the fact that this is not the same Boba Fett because he's not. But But when I say the same Boba Fett, who's to say that this isn't the same Boba Fett? We don't know because we've never really had any stories about him. Exactly. Other than the stuff that George Lucas didn't even consider canon when he wanted to include him into movies. Yeah. So, Dave, what's your score? My score for this one, actually, it's funny you mentioned that the critics... Are 84. I'm actually around that range. I okay. put this as an 86. And it, it it had its writing miscues. I don't think that the basically it, it's too much of a red flag for me, especially since it was a premiere episode. And that runtime, I still do not get why the runtime is so janky it, it, with, with the Star Wars. It's inconsistent. Too. It's inconsistent. You know why, Dave? It's the same thing I said during Mandalorian. It's because you have a film director who doesn't know how to abide by writing rules. And because of that, he quits writing an episode when he thinks he's done. Yes. But this should show you why you should stick to a running time. Because when you have a goal of, say, 45 minutes or even 28 minutes, let's say you want your episodes to be under 30 minutes. That's fine. Filoni has done it for years and it works out just great for him. But when you tell yourself, I have 30 minutes to write an episode, you know what that does? That actually makes you have to structure things out accordingly. So you get your setup, you get your development, you get your plot, you get all those elements all included within those 30 minutes. And you have no choice but to do that. Otherwise, you have an incomplete episode. What he does is he meanders and then he's off. I guess I'm done now. That's pretty good. (laughs) Exactly. That's the problem. That's the problem with Mandalorian. And that's the problem with Boba Fett so far. It's not bad. Yeah, because the difference between Mandalorian and Boba Fett, at least in the first episode of Boba Fett, we got more character development than than we ever got in Mandalorian. Remember, we... Without a doubt. There was me and you were talking about it off the, off air, and the the one statement that I thought was genius that you pointed out, we didn't get actual character, true character development of Dejaren till the second season. Yeah. So the people that are complaining right now, 
I mean, are you complaining because you're not getting what you wanted that you wrote in your head? Or are you complaining because the story is bad? Because you're right, David. And I'll admit this. We are recording this late because we were on holiday break and I have watched ahead. And I've watched the first four episodes. And I'll say, David, that in four episodes, we have more character development than (laughs) both seasons of Mandalorian. Of Mandalorian. More development than all of Mandalorian so far in just four episodes when you compare them side by side. Fett versus Dejeric. Dejeric. Or what is his name? Dejeric. Dejeric. I don't even know his fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that anyone remembers is Grogu. Yeah. They don't remember Dejeric. <laughs> yeah. So it is a little disappointing to see people allow their own wants to get in the way. I get it, Dave. You and I both were struggling at the beginning, and then we said, listen, we need to base our thoughts on what is presented. Exactly. So, all right. So this does bring us to the end of our discussion. I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to check out our Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com slash Digital, you can pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to a lot more Star Wars discussions. We have various shows planned exclusively for Patreon this year. We're delving back into the comics. We're delving back into the books. So you don't want to miss out. Go to patreon.com slash rain man digital. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. 